All right, very well. So first of all, let me start out by uh, thanking Franz, first of all, for the uh, nice introduction. And uh, I also like to add that I am delighted to be back to the DIJ. Uh, the last time I actually uh, stood here at this very uh, same spot, that's now three years ago, uh, but I do come uh, regularly to the DIJ. Uh, I think the first time I was still at Idabashi there, and uh, that must be more than 10 years ago, so I'm a very regular guest, and I'm, of course, always grateful to have such nice hosts uh, who uh, welcome me back to, to this institute. Um, this topic that I like to present, a part of it, um, is a topic that is quite close to my, to my heart, actually, and I'm working on it already for uh, several years, uh, I, I could say up to seven years or so that I, I do work on that uh, project, because I wanted always to have a longitudinal study to see how things uh, change over time. And uh, it is this year that I would like to, to draw a line uh, to my data collection uh, because I think a lot of things have also changed so that uh, I have now also really also substance to, to show also the change that took place in these last years. Um, as you can see from the title, um, I'm not focusing on policies, neither by government nor by companies. I do look more at the personal experiences of uh, career women. And of course, I have to be very grateful to all those women that I did interview. Many thanks indeed to uh, Noel, who kindly has uh, put me into contact. I do see uh, ladies in the, in the room who already have uh, given me the pleasure to talk with them. So. All, all of you I have really to, to, to thank for that. Let me start out by quickly wrapping up all the information that, 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 you, that you all know, but uh, just to prepare in a way the ground then for the uh, own study that, uh, that I have done. So let us start out with the, with the situation that might have been characteristic uh, for the time, including bubble time, um, of course, it's, it's, it's quite not stereotypical to put uh, the entire situation into one slide for an entire system if you want to. But I would argue that up to, um, so including the bubble time, uh, we were confronted in terms of gender uh, situation uh, with a system of work specialization in the sense that uh, there was a clear role division. Men were there to work and to work hard and to work long hours and they could afford to do so because at home uh, the woman, uh, the wife, was there for caring um, uh, for the household and the family. Women were only supposed to work um, until marriage or at least then uh, until uh, childbirth uh, as an ipanchoku, so not in a career track office lady. Um, and at that time, I would argue there were, of course, there were always exceptions, but it was very difficult for women to actually pursue an own career. These, this situation, I think, has changed um, with the implosion of the bubble economy, uh, specifically because women were now also, for economic reasons, uh, for economic necessities, uh, more obliged to actually go on and, and work themselves to support the overall family. Uh, income. Um, working, yes, but 
usually not in high uh, positions um, that we can see in, with a lot of comparative studies um, that in Japan uh, the, the uh, women in high positions are still in exceptions and certainly uh, for the situation up to the uh, 2010s. Women were also confronted with uh, institutional problems, so for example, uh, little institutional uh, support when it comes to nurseries and the like. And women uh, with uh, high positions had to work as much and as long work hours, if not more, working in high positions, uh, often had not the opportunity or the chance, the possibility to, to found a family by themselves just due to these long working hours. And then additionally, there were also still, or still are cultural barriers that stand in the way of women in a career. Now, I mentioned uh, with the previous situation that this was a system, maybe not a fair system, but a system that was in equilibrium in the sense that it's, uh, the, the various parts of the system were mutually supporting each other. Here, I would now argue that this, uh, at this stage, we are um, in a situation where things do not fit well together. So yes, women are supposed to work, but no, there is not enough support. Yes, women should uh, also make uh, in, in certain income, but no, um, uh, f having a full-fledged career would be still, also for cultural reasons, not that easy. So what is the situation as we uh, find it now? Uh, I would still argue that it is important uh, for uh, the individual households, but also for the national economy, that women work, and for the latter even more so, and with growing relevance because of demographic reasons, obviously, and also the competitiveness of companies. We are talking about the war of talent, and if you leave out 50% of the population in uh, this talent pool, that is, of course, not very uh, wise. Uh, we know all about uh, abonomics. You just mentioned it, these three arrows. The, the third one, structural and economic reforms. Uh, part of that is indeed this womenomics, uh, so getting more women into the workforce and also now in positions of leadership, which is certainly a situation or a, a trend that uh, indicates a certain change. Nevertheless, despite this um, positive intentions, let's say, uh, there are still uh, various uh, indicators that the situation is far from being uh, optimal. Um, the labor, the female labor force participation is one of the lowest uh, among OECD countries. Uh, many jobs that women take are either on part-time or a contract base. Uh, female pay is significantly lower uh, at what men are paid. I actually just came back from um, another conference um, organized by ILO, the International Labor Organization, uh, which took place in Ibisu. Um, so for, for practically the entire day, and they showed very interesting data uh, where in particular also um, uh, in terms of uh, pay, uh, Japan is ranking really uh, among the, I think, the second lowest among the uh, OECD countries. 36% um, of women quit their jobs because of disappointment with the career. So these are all indicators that, that show that the situation is, is as I mentioned, not in an equilibrium, not in a, uh, in a, in a good uh, or finally good uh, stage. 
Um, 70% of women are not able to return to the workforce once they gave birth. Uh, only 3% uh, of board seats are held by women. Uh, interesting, I found, is, is the following position. So if female participation in the workforce were on parity with males, according to Goldman Sachs, uh, Japan would gain an incredible amount of 8 million workers, uh, meaning that GDP could increase by 14%. And if you think about the growth rates of the last uh, two decades or so, that would be, of course, um, an immense increase. The Global Gender Gap Index, uh, we, uh, that, that has been talked about very much now in these last weeks, uh, since I'm also here, so also since, when, since then, since this uh, uh, new ranking came out. So Japan even fell, despite all the efforts of the government and other uh, constituents, um, fell uh, to uh, rank 111, that is behind Nepal and Ethiopia. So that uh, was a brief wrap-up of the situation, so let me now address uh, the situation, uh, sorry, uh, my, my own study, the situation uh, that I try to describe how women in a career position actually feel about their current uh, status. So it is not, again, about governmental and uh, corporate policies. Now, what I'm going to describe are, in many ways, problems, uh, frustrations. And I'm very sensitive to the fact that, um, that I stand here now as, as a, as a non-Japanese. Uh, it's not a comparative study. I'm not talking about Japan and Germany. I'm purely talking about uh, Japan, uh, focusing also on problems. But please do not uh, get the impression that I stand here as, as, as the German telling the Japanese where the problems lie. Uh, these problems that, that we will discuss together are, of course, also relevant in, for example, Germany as well. Yeah? So this is not now the Westerner telling, um, coming to Japan and, and telling Japanese uh, uh, how, how, to, how to solve things. The same problems we have to address, uh, in particular also in Germany. Of course, the Western world or so is also very differentiated, and specifically Germany is also on gender issues certainly not doing well. And there are many other countries, in particular, of course, the northern European countries, um, the Scandinavian countries, uh, that outperform us here radically. So this just as a little safety um, uh, mentioning. So what are the contributions that I intend to provide with this study? So uh, determining to what extent Japanese women have discarded traditional gender roles in favor of uh, professional ambitions, this is part of it, to gain a deeper understanding of the motivations uh, that Japanese uh, career women um, have in their choice between domestic and uh, foreign companies. Uh, that certainly is of much more relevance than maybe in other countries due to uh, a quite significant change also, or sorry, a quite a different situation, I should say, that women have in uh, Western companies in Japan compared to domestic companies. And uh, what I'd like to focus uh, in this presentation on is to better understand Japanese women's professional status versus the status they have in the private um, 
in the private sphere. I did this, uh, Franz, you mentioned it already, um, with, through interviews. Over the years, I, I, I did quite a lot of interviews uh, with mainly female professionals, working again both in domestic and also in uh, foreign subsidiaries here in Japan, so domestic organizations and foreign subsidiaries. Um, on usually one and a half hours interviews uh, and then the usual thing. So I, I, I tape these interviews and I have my poor student assistants uh, at home. Uh, so about one, one hour interview means about four hours uh, time of, of transcribing. And this information then ends up to be something like 2,000 pages and then coding, system, coding and, and the like. And then we reduce that information to some theory generating papers. Here you see an overview of these various interviews that I've taken. I got actually inspired by a, a Japanese student of mine. At that time, I was based in the United Kingdom at the University of Edinburgh, uh, a master's student from Japan. Uh, she did uh, 33 interviews. I thought, oh, that was an interesting master thesis. Uh, I might quickly write up a paper out of that, and that is this quickly write up that is now 10 years ago, and it still has not happened, uh, because then I started to gain interest, and you see, th so this, this, this uh, male Westerner, that's always me, uh, I, I use this partly as an excuse to come to my favorite country uh, again, but now it's really time also to, to write things up. So as I mentioned before, or as, uh, as you have seen, seen also in the title, uh, I'd like to talk about the professional and the private sphere status. Um, first of all, let's look at men. Or, so the theory tells us about there's, there's an own literature on status, and the literature tells us that the, the, the professional status and the private status usually are going in one direction, meaning that if... Uh, a manager has a high status, a high professional status, a high status in the professional world, then also in his private surrounding, he will be appreciated. He has a high status because he made it in, in his job. Um, and that is something that, that I clearly could also observe through my interviews. That is clearly the situation also for Japanese career men. Min. Now, the situation for women, and that is now my argument, an argument that I kind of developed through the information, the, uh, the narratives that I uh, obtained from uh, my interviewees. I would argue that the situation for women is different. So due to cultural reasons, due to traditions, a high professional status of career women does not necessarily mean a high private status, partially even to the contrary. Why? Because having a career, being associated with strength and, and, and assertiveness uh, can also be uh, a social stigma. So one is a bad mother, a bad housewife, if the woman is constantly on the job and, and working. And there's pressure exerted by mothers, mothers-in-laws, uh, by friends, family, colleagues, su superiors. Uh, I was also told how much the stereotypical uh, roles come through the media. And quite uh, recently, uh, I had an interviewee um, interviewing actually uh, around the corner there. Uh, we were meeting, and she also stressed very much the point of 
the, the pressure coming out of, out of oneself. Um, we want whatever we do, we want to do good, and if I want to be good in the company, then I need to invest time there. But if I want to be a mother, I want to be good in that as well, and I need the time that, there. And that is, an, of course, contradicting, uh, uh, contradicting expectations, putting uh, career women under stress. So therefore, for Japanese women, the professional status and the private sphere status are very often conflicting due to the diverging role expectations. So therefore, women have to live with these different expectations, and that is what I call a system that is in disequilibrium, uh, because, again, the, the, the different parts of the system are not mutually reinforcing themselves, but they are opposing each other, are in conflict with each other. So I just mentioned that for career women, uh, they have to deal with these opposing expectations leading to different types of status uh, in the private uh, sector and on the professional one. Um, what are the consequences now? The consequences that come out of uh, these diverging expectations. So guilt and shame, that was constantly mentioned. Yeah? Uh, feeling guilty because if you are in the company, you cannot be with the child. If you are looking after the child, uh, you, you let your team down that is now uh, working while you, you pick up the, your, your child from, from, from kindergarten or so. Uh, this constant shame, guilt feeling is definitely also producing stress. That was also a leitmotif that came out of uh, my interviews. Not just the time that it takes to do both of these uh, roles. Um, that in itself is, is, is of course a stressful, uh, high workload uh, kind of, of um, role juggling, but in addition this constant feeling bad about things, that is a, a putting additional stress and uh, w one could go also into psycho, uh, psychosomatic uh, disorders or uh, maybe that is taken very far now, uh, but of course stress has also impacts on, on one's own health. Um, less confidence. If you are always having this, uh, this problem of uh, not knowing if, if you do the right thing, um, then also you, you, of course you don't feel confident in each of these two roles. Yeah? Uh, less confidence because, uh, let's say, less well prepared because uh, there were still problems at home, less well prepared for, for the task at hand in, in the profession, um, less confidence as a mother because uh, you know that the uh, that the housewives are putting together nicer lunch boxes than than, than you have the time to prepare. Um, these these are all uh, issues that, that that constantly come up. Um, this can re lead also to reduced uh, work performance. Yeah? Um, Again, always having this, this insecurity uh, that, that can also have uh, impact on yeah, the own work and therefore in aggregate also uh, to the performance of a team, the performance of entire company. If we add up all these uh, women who, who 
are in this uh, situation of uh, feeling this additional stress and so on. Conflicts and partnerships, I don't have to, to um, yeah, uh, dwell on that at a long extent, but uh, it, it constantly comes up that, yes, partners like to have their wives, their spouses um, to work, um, to contribute to the financial situation. Uh, again, just having uh, in my mind now a figure from uh, these uh, ILO, so this is of course qualitative data, interview data over there, what I just heard, they, these were just always statistics, statistics, very interesting information of course. Uh, so women, uh, if I remember that well, uh, think that uh, it should be okay for women uh, to work by something like 85% uh, and uh, women said uh, the, the same for by 79% by or so, very same figures, so indicating that men are now in a way fine, clearly fine with uh, their wives uh, also working. But that, 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 that does not necessarily mean that women should, let's say, work as long work hours from, from the perspective now of the husbands. Um, the same work hours, not also the same salary or worse, more even. So that, that these are all uh, issues uh, that, that could result in, in conflicts. Uh, choice of even not wanting children just because of the realization that if I have in addition to my career also children, uh, then maybe I'm not even able to, to uh, cope with that situation. So these are the internal conflicts that women have to fight with uh, when trying to have both career and the family. So what I just described was the, these different expectations that women are confronted with on one side, on the professional side, so to, to, to work in a way as hard as, as men do, uh, and on the other side, the, the, the private sphere. What I would argue, or what, what came in a way out of my data, was that women have, in addition, only in the in the professional uh, sphere, again, opposing expectations that they have to deal with. Again, the situation for men is easier here. So what is the expectations for career-oriented men? They should work hard, they should be assertive, they should aggr be aggressive, they should uh, be, be, be strong, all these are the, the characteristics that we will associate with a, a career man. For a woman, that is a bit more ambivalent. Because if the woman now is too strong, too assertive, too aggressive, um, she might not be liked very much by su superiors, subordinates, team members. Uh, she would be considered to be too manly. Yeah. But on the other side, if now a woman tries to be more appeasing, uh, more gentle, uh, speaking not up with a loud voice or hammering down uh, the, the fist on the table, um, well, then uh, she might be considered to be too weak. Yeah. 
And then that depends now very much on on the situation, on the, the people they have to deal with. So maybe with this person I need to be this way, with this person I, mean, I have to be that way. Then again, inner conflicts, issues of authenticity, who am I? Am I just now uh, kind of a, uh, uh, someone who is playing roles for different people? Uh, but but can I be authentic in the same degree as Min can be? So that that is here also the question mark that I would like to raise. So how now to overcome these conflicts that I just described? And I wanted here to formulate four different strategies. Uh, also saying that a fifth one is maybe missing and uh, my hope would be that uh, one can arrive at the fifth one, but uh, I, I come to that uh, later. So four strategies I like to suggest to you that women have an order, Japanese women have an order to deal with these inner conflicts uh, being confronted again with the uh, professional status and the private sphere status. Pursuing a career despite sacrifices is the first one. Uh, let me just uh, directly go uh, to, to this uh, first strategy that I would like to suggest to you, and that is um, to pursue a career despite the sacrifices that one is, a, is the career woman has to, to, to suffer if you want to. Uh, what does that mean? So that means that you have to work as hard as men, maybe even harder, maybe being better or probably even having to be better than men to arrive actually at the same uh, position. Uh, that is a choice that I think the kind of the first generation of career women, so the first after the bubble time, uh, was actually able to, to have a career. But again, that meant uh, not only having the same opportunities, but also the same obligations, so the same long work hours as men. Um, I found that these women that I interviewed were clearly proud of their uh, achievements um, is also not just personally, but also as a, if you want to, as a sparehead, as a forerunner of a certain movement that would hopefully come after, uh, would be picked up by the next generations. However, the situation or the, the um, perspective of younger women uh, is a bit ambivalent in the sense that, yes, younger women admire these strong career women who achieved, a high, achieved high positions, again, with a lot of sacrifices. They admire these women, but they also see, again, these sacrifices, which translate into um, not being married or having been married and a higher divorce rate, uh, or maybe being in a relationship in a marriage, but then not having children. So these are all sacrifices that younger generation Japanese uh, might not necessarily want to um, uh, see for, for their own lives. So therefore, not necessarily a role model, and therefore also the other way around, a certain disappointment by older uh, uh, career women towards the younger generation that they are not as tough in a way uh, to go the same way as they did. As a second strategy, we 
can observe practically the opposite. Uh, yes, I, as a Japanese career woman, I, I was well educated. I, in the first years, I was very motivated. I did my job. I wanted to, to pursue a career. But now I want to get married. Uh, I want to have children. And I see it's just I cannot cope with both uh, these challenges. And I, I give up. In a way, I give up on my career. And I become a housewife and a mother. Why also because of lack of institutional support, very little daycare facilities yet. It, it's improving, but nevertheless, it's, it, it's always coming up uh, when, when I do my interviews. Uh, inflexible employment, uh, not the, uh, often the opportunity to work from home, uh, uh, either full-time or uh, full-time if you go for a career, uh, you, you work full-time or, or you are practically out. Um, so why not then uh, choosing the, the easier choice, uh, becoming a housewife, um, but then disappointment of having given up and missing then also the, uh, the, the, the heat of the work in a way. So that is the second uh, uh, strategy that I would like to propose as what women uh, do in that situation. The third one is one that I would say is now clearly uh, gaining in importance. That is what I would call career light. So to continue to have an interesting job, so not something like an office lady or so, but without the ambition now uh, for climbing up the career ladder, or often to the extent that male superiors come and, and offer a managerial position to women and they say, no, thank you, I just don't want to have that much stress. I, I, I like my job, I like where I am, I'd like to, to stay on the position where I am. Therefore, uh, this is maybe a compromise model. They could achieve more, but they don't want to, to have then time for the family. So again, it's a frequent choice, but it also means that women who have more potential uh, so this potential is just not used. And uh, on an aggregate, of course, that is um, yeah, under utilization of uh, valuable resources. The fourth strategy is what I would call immigration. And that we can take literally, and I have interviewed uh, career women who really see them about to leave the country. Yeah? Because they just don't like this constant juggling with these two different expectations. They don't want mothers or uh, their friends uh, always exerting pressure. You should have a family or you have a family, but you should look more uh, after your children. They just don't want to hear that anymore. Uh, that is a radical step, but I hear this not that infrequent. That is the, the literal immigration, leaving the country, but we can use that term, I think, also in a figurative uh, sense. So to stay in Japan, to stay in particular in Tokyo, uh, and to, to live in a foreign bubble, meaning to work for um, a foreign subsidiary, to have friends, colleagues, uh, even partners that are foreigners, Foreigners or, let's say, like-minded Japanese the, who are equally critical about the, the gender situation, um, and therefore they, they evade this, this, this pressure by just not 
socializing with kind of uh, the, the, the let's say the average uh, Japanese society, but living in their in their bubble. Uh, so to to yeah immigrate to to uh, leave this uh, situation where pressure from both sides are exerted. So these were these four strategies that I wanted to suggest to you. Uh, let's let's see how we can kind of summarize or or evaluate those uh, those strategies. The first one, the one pursuing of pursuing a, a career despite sacrifices. I would argue that less women are actually uh, choosing this um, um, the, the strategy, um, which is not good for them, um, but also not good for society uh, as uh, in, uh, at large. If uh, if that means that women cannot have a family, uh, if if every woman would do that, then of course uh, that would be a, a problem for society. Uh, the other three, uh, so strategy two, three, and four, I would argue that these are escape strategies. So abandoning the career is escaping from the job. Career light is escaping from the um, from the the real career, if you want to. Uh, immigration that is literally escaping either from the country or from from major parts of society, and having to escape is of course not an ideal situation. And I would argue that in particular the first two are declining in, in, in the choice that women uh, take uh, this, these strategies. And it is the third one, the career light, that more and more women choose. But again, that means uh, working under their potential. There should be, in principle, a fifth strategy. And that is to combine a full, fulfilling career uh, up to the potential that the women really have and the family life. And I would argue that not so much due to the treatment of the women, but how the actual work situation in Japan is, that this is a strategy that only in exceptions is actually possible. Meaning, normally, it's not possible. So as long as it is hardly possible for those Japanese career women to combine now career and family life, they continue to live under severe pressure or avoiding this pressure by not having a family, which, of course, is also not uh, an ideal situation. Consequences of the, on the individual level are less happiness, less self-realization. And I come back to this, but uh, also on the uh, societal level, uh, the consequences are less competitiveness of the companies if they choose not to, to have a full career, less economic growth, less demographic growth if they choose not to have a family. Now, I introduced uh, this morning um, this slide here into my presentation because uh, the World Happiness Report of this year came out the day before yesterday. Yesterday I read about it, and today I put this into my uh, fli slides here. Here you see the top com uh, companies, uh, the top countries. Um, the f so this is the fourth time, I believe, that they uh, um, published this, uh, this report. Uh, for the first three years, it was Denmark always number one. Now it is number two. Okay, Norway is now number one. But you see a certain pattern there. Yeah? You see the Nordic European countries up there and some Anglo countries like uh, Australia and New Zealand. 
or New Zealand, Canada as well, uh, otherwise Switzerland, Netherlands. Um, then we make a certain jump. You see uh, United States is pl uh, 14, Germany 16, Japan is lower. Uh, and why? I mean, Japan is, look, uh, GDP per capita. Japan, yes, has having economic problems, but Japan is an affluent country, obviously. Yeah? Um, generosity, health expectancy. My goodness, Japan, I mean, we, we, we watch on, in Germany uh, TV reports, how is it possible that the Japanese get so old? Yeah? What can we learn from that? Yeah? So these are all issues where Japan should actually be, be, be uh, doing quite well or is doing quite well. Yeah? Um, but then I put it into, into red, perceived freedom to make life choices. Yeah? Uh, and, and corruption is also Japan doing well. But freedom to make life choices, that is, I think, also in this situation, uh, the, the, the gender roles, that is tricky. Yeah? If you cannot combine, and that is what I would argue would be a new system in equilibrium, one where you can combine, my fifth strategy, where you can combine a career and um, family life, that I would also argue uh, would bring up uh, this, this happiness, which after all is what we all would like to be happy. Yeah? Um, I'm not saying that women all have now to run and, and, and uh, go and, and work hard and have their family. No, but it is the choice that matters. And women should have the choice and not see themselves in a situation where they say, oh, it's, uh, it's either this or that, or, or I immigrate, or career light, and so on. All right, very quickly, I would argue we should also look at the men's situation, particularly in Japan, uh, because in particular also young men uh, don't like these overtime uh, hours and they don't want to be constrained by these sometimes uh, yeah, uh, also enduring organizational practices um, and want to escape from that. Um, with this little thing here, uh, uh, what I would like to say is so feminists, their approach uh, towards, towards uh, discrimination is always, well, men are the bad guys, they discriminate the women. Uh, I would argue that at least younger men and women are often more like, like, like comrades in the, in the fight, so to speak, uh, against the system, the corporate system. Uh, their ally are often at the very top of companies. They are, let's say, the enlightened managers. They want to change the situation. But then they have the, the middle management, the higher middle management, the, the, the buchos, the cachos. Uh, they exert pressure on both young men and women in the sense that men are exploited and women are discriminated against. No? Um, and I would argue that it's not so much just the, women, the, the situation of the women or, uh, that we need to change, but it is the work situation in the company. So change of the specialized work uh, system, so where the men always work hard and, and the women stay at home, uh, that, that is gone, that situation. But in order uh, to, to allow women to, to, to integrate themselves into the corporate life, the corporate life has to change. No uh, meetings being set up at 5 p.m. or something. Yeah? Uh, which is a different claim than saying just same opportunities and then also obligations. Again, a family life is under this working system not possible. So, to conclude, 
uh, Japanese women do not perceive necessarily male oppression as the main problem and obtaining therefore the same rights and duties not as the solution. The Japanese employment system, I would argue, depends on women's exclusion from it. Yeah? So women have to, so, or men have to work that hard that, that they need the, the, the support at home. Um, or the, 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 they cannot pick up, they cannot say at 5 p.m., sorry, I ha guys, I have to pick up my child now from, from uh, school or so. Huh? And uh, we have seen these, these um, Nordic countries up there. I've spent uh, last year two months in uh, Finland or in Sweden, the year before two months in uh, uh, sorry, Sweden and then Finland. Um, and I noticed at the, at the university at 5 p.m. everyone was gone. They were all at home. I was still doing my thing there, but they were all gone. Why? Because they wanted to pick up the, 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 the children or so, uh, and then having dinner with the children, and then bringing them to bed. And then they went back to the computer and, and continued to work. But they had their quality time with the children. Huh? And I would argue that this is very difficult in the Japanese context. Um, and women see young men more as their allies than the culprits of their situation. Again, they are more uh, having similar um, goals. So the antagonism is not so much between men and women, maybe, but between, let's say, the, the, the people and the system or the younger generation and the older generation. So the goal of gender equality efforts in Japan, I would argue, is not so much only to allow women into the workplace, but in order to be able for women to go to the workplace, men should also be allowed to be home. And the company should allow these men to be home again to say at 5 o'clock, sorry guys, I have to pick up my child. So, and then also the, the woman can work longer. So a substantial redefinition of the work life I had here actually work-life balance, and then thanks to you, you told me uh, the work-life integration is actually a better word, and I, I, I changed that. Um, uh, so this redefinition of this work-life integration is required to replace this previously very specialized uh, system of role specialization, men working hard, women staying at home. Companies have to give their employees, both males and females, more choice, I would argue, to accommodate for their more, more individualistic now uh, and, and different and changing uh, career and family plans. And with this, I'd like to leave it and thank you very much for your attention. Good evening. Since March 8th is International Women's Day, Happy International Women's Day. It is my great pleasure to be here in German Institute of Japanese Studies, DIJ, this evening. Many thanks to Professor Marcus Prudelko and your director of France, Waldenberger, for inviting me. And we'd like to thank you very much for people here and not here who became uh, interviewees to Marcus and introduce so many Japanese career women to Marx. I have never sent so many emails to <laughs> find Japanese career women <laughs> for Marx research. My name is Noel Takahashi, and I am a women's leadership advocate. When I was a baby, I used to live in Munich. 
uh, because uh, Alexander von Humboldt awarded the scholarship to my father, and he researched at the Deutsches Museum in Munich and the uh, Technical University of Munich or Munitech in 1975 to 1977. And unfortunately, I do not remember any German language. However, German was my first language. And prior to my father's research, my aunt also won the DAAADE scholarship and studied uh, in Elargen, Kiel, Mainz in 1964 to 1968. And she was the first Japanese career woman to get a PhD in theology. And she still uh, teaches um, Martin Luther and Bible studies in Japan. In Japanese, English, French, and German. I also admire Weizsäcker Brothers. We all know the late president of the Federal Republic of Germany, Richard Karl von Weizsäcker, delivered his most famous speech in 1985, marking the 40th anniversary of the end of the Second World War II on May 8th in 1945. I also respect uh, his brother. I believe he was a professor. And when he was uh, 90 years old, he gave a lecture to the student at the University of Munich. And there was a Japanese book, Japanese translated book. And he taught from psychology, politics to science to young German students. And I really like to read that book uh, repeatedly. I also impressed uh, the German movement White Rose or Vivice Rose, which is non-violent and intellectual resistance group anti-Nazi Germany during the World War II at the University of Munich. So it is very precious moment for me tonight to uh, retreat to Germany over 40 years. Uh, as a women's leadership advocate, I'd like to comment very briefly. Only th I only have three points. Uh, do you watch the news uh, with your Chancellor uh, Merkel to United States President Donald Trump at the White House last week? <laughs> uh, how, how did you feel or how did you think about it? I sometimes uh, face a similar situation when I have an interview or business meeting in, what can I say, closed uh, meeting room with Japanese senior men. <laughs> and I just feel they don't, what can I say, they, they don't know how to treat with Japanese talented women and they don't know how to raise or nurture Japanese women to executives. They just imagine their own wife or daughters, aunt, niece, or secretary, and expected us similar things. But we are very different by person by person. So, um, you know, gender parity and gender equality is very important. And I try, we'd like to achieve that in Japan, but at the same time, I also notice there is a huge gender difference in our society, and we have to face and overcome or merge the gap. Women are very different from men, especially in office. And there are so many research among the different gender differences. 
However, uh, for tonight's takeaway, I'd like to share only one thing. Since we uh, live in male-dominated society, we, we have a tendency to treat two Japanese wom uh, two women like, just like we treat two men. But we are so different. And what I learned from my female mentors is please do not point it out a woman's weak point to a woman. Because uh, in general, women have a tendency to worry about too much. They just, we just go easily to have a very negative uh, thinking at the night. So if you are manager or CEO at a big company, and if you'd like to raise uh, maybe two kacho or two bucho, one is man and another is woman, uh, we have the same goal to raise up to kacho or bucho. You can treat to men's follower or workers like in normal. However, for women, you have to think about how you and the woman's worker can achieve to be a kacho or bucho in the same speed with male worker. So you never shouldn't point it out. Or oh, you are too wagamama, something like that. You have to recognize the woman's positive aspect and, okay, so place by word, actual words, day by day. And please wait the woman to recognize what she has to improve to get promoted. And then the woman will ask you to how she'd like to improve so you can you know, point it her negative aspect or something like that. It is very different. And I learned it from my mentors and I found it, it is very useful. So whenever I do teach uh, young students, I always re remember this only one thing and try to um, cope to female college students just to recognize who she is and praise a lot by actual words and then just wait to you know, let the students ask to me what she has to do next to get promoted or to go on to the next stage. And this is very simple. However, it, it is very difficult to uh, master the technique. So please start from tomorrow's morning <laughs> to have a gender parity. And uh, for instance, my cousin used to play a volleyball when she was in middle school, and she'd like to continue her volleyball uh, in her high school. And in her town, there was a no uh, strong female uh, volleyball team in high school, but boys team. So one day, uh, when she was a middle school student, she went to the strong uh, boys volleyball team in that high school and asked to the coach that she'd like to join because she'd like to become a professional volleyball player in her future. And the coach honestly replied to her, it is possible that I can teach you the volleyball. However, uh, he thinks boys are men like a horses, horses, and uh, women and girls like uh, calves. So he, can, he cannot or he should not teach calves <laughs> like raise horses even in same variable. And I think I can, uh, we can apply 
this story to our institutional companies to how to treat women's workers efficiently. And second is recognition. As Marcus said, uh, Japanese women have a tendency to be too modest, uh, feel guilty or shame. However, I'd like to encourage any Japanese woman to have more self-confidence, just uh, feel uh, happy by, her, by ourselves every day. And I also found two things. One is uh, women have a tendency to get more recognitions are men, and at the same time, Japanese people love to be eco or ihito. However, I'd like to say to Japanese women, stop being eco ihito. <laughs> uh, we can cook well, obento, and we are very high uh, qualified. So just have a more self-confidence in, in our uh, public life and also our uh, private life. And the last thing I'd like to comment is uh, real mentoring. Uh, do you have your mentors and mentees? I have heard uh, in some major Japanese companies, they began uh, to provide mentoring system to young generations. However, uh, I often uh, have heard um, some negative story or negative impact of in-house mentoring. As we have a strong seniority uh, rather than Western culture, um, for instance, I have two examples. One is one of the major banks, starting with M. <laughs> um, the mentor was the second year of the bank, and mentee was a freshman. And he, the freshman was too honest, and she speaked up anything to mentors. However, that mentor are also women, and she'd like to get promoted as fast as possible, rather than men. So the, men, the female mentor uh, betrayed to human resources department. And finally, uh, the fleshman had to quit the major bank, starting with M. And also, uh, do you know, uh, we have uh, two famous trading companies, starting with M. And one of them, um, my young friend was a freshman. She also had the in-house mentoring system with a third year of the trading company. And because of the huge and prestigious trading company, and they are very, very educated, she could not speak up under a strong seniority of our culture. So I encourage any young generation, including men, to have uh, mentors with certain distance. I always have uh, many foreign mentors, and I, I also have men mentors and women's mentors. And I also encourage not to just to be mentor, but also to be mentees at the same time. So uh, we can recognize what the status quo more objectively. Happy International Women's Day. Thank you.